The local church is a collection of people who are being transformed by Jesus, who live in a community purposefully to model and proclaim Jesus. Scripture tells us to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that we have. Every story is unique. Each person is an individual who has met Jesus. All of us have strengths and weaknesses. Together, we are the church, and these are our stories. Good morning, everybody. I am Rob, and we are here with Pastor Jeff, fresh off his sabbatical, and we're going to wrap up this series of stories of faith by kind of an exit interview on what a sabbatical is, um, why pastors need to take those and take those seriously, and then what comes after it. So with that being said, good morning, Jeff. Good morning, and by exit interview, I'm not leaving. <laughs> You're right? leaving the sabbatical. Leaving the sabbatical, to be clear. All right. Very good. I'm good this morning. I am, what are we, two weeks post-sabbatical? Yep. I've preached on two Sundays, so I guess maybe even three weeks. And yeah, I think, what is it? Uh, what did I do? What did we achieve? All those kind of things. And I, sometimes maybe that's just unknown to people. You know, for the most part, I, I mean, I'll give you the basics that people think. One, big, long vacation, right? Sure. Two, what's wrong? Right. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. are probably the two f- major things what that need to be addressed. What did he do wrong? Yeah, yeah. Right. Or what does he have going on wrong in his life? Even, sure. You know, so okay. that kind of thing. And then three, a lot of people just don't understand the concept of uh, spending that type of time with God yeah. at waiting. Yeah. You know? of the So I took off two months. Um, it was nine Sundays, two months. Of those two months, one week was vacation. There you go. Right. I get uh, roughly four weeks of vacation a year. Didn't take those this year. Um, was due this sabbatical. I was supposed to take the sabbatical in 2020. COVID hit and I didn't want to take a sabbatical. Would, it, would that be like three months into COVID? Like right. we're, at our, we're in our weirdest moment in our lives, right? And so I pushed off 2020. And I think this is important for one of your questions, in fact. Nothing was wrong. It was, it's built into our structure. It's preventative. It's um, almost like taking your car in to get serviced when there's no problems, right? It's that kind of thing. We build it in. We build it into rhythms uh, for vehicles. Maybe it's, you know, every 30,000 miles or whatever we do, right? And this is built in between every five to seven years. Uh, there is a focus season we call a sabbatical. Of that, like I said, one week, Lisa and I got out of town, and I did nothing overtly spiritual or anything else. I literally went on vacation with my wife for a week, right in the middle of the two months I took off. So one week was vacation. That would be the only part. So I don't know if that helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. So uh, why do why is it built in? Like, what is the purpose of a sabbatical? Yeah. So being a pastor is different than... Um, you know, working at a Pepsi factory or, or even running a Pepsi factory. Like it's, it's different. It is a, it is a job that, and in fact, if I could just say this, I think what we do wrong with understanding what pastors are is we typically think of them on Sundays, right? Sundays is about 10% of what I do, right? And I don't know that it's even the, the, the most effective 10%. It's the most public. It's right. the most common. Right. 
but I'm not sure that what I say on Sundays is life transforming for everybody or, you know, that it, that it pivots everybody's lives towards Jesus. It's more the stuff that you do throughout the week, right? And so yeah. uh, spending time with people, and I always tell people, listen, I don't, I have hours that I work. Um, I work a lot of them, uh, but I enjoy what I do. I, so I, I enjoy that. But you're also really never off. Somebody dies, somebody gets very sick, somebody goes to the hospital, um, you know. A Even spouse, some type of traumatic experience. Or a spouse finds out about an affair. Yeah. That's, you know, that's more common. I wish it was, right? But I'm the phone call, yep. right? And, uh, and I don't say that with any negative connotation. I'm like, that's what I signed up for. That's what I want to be in the thick of it with people in their lives, in their spiritual lives, right? I'm not... I'm not your doctor, you know, I'm not a psychologist, I'm a, I'm a pastor, I want to be involved in those spiritual areas of life. There you go. So when, when we think, when sabbatical time comes, what is the, uh, what's the, the literal fine-tuned intent of a sabbatical? That's good, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, go all the way back to creation, and uh, God creates the world in six days, rests on the seventh right? That's where we get our Sabbath mandate. Like, hey, you should work six days a week, and then you should devote one day a week to God. And that really where we find our rest is in God. And so God does that, creates that, gives that to Adam even before sin enters into human history. Not a part of the, of the fall, it's a part of creation, right? Yep. So rest. What is rest? And what is resting in God? So rest is not me taking vacation, like we said, although that was very restful, it was very good. Um, but resting in God. And so throughout the Old Testament, we see it a lot more. We see it affirmed in the New Testament. But uh, the land, you would grow your crops full tilt for six years in a row and would actually rest the land on the seventh year. And God said, if you will learn this, if you'll you know, go full tilt six years and then rest this part of your land on the seventh year. So you can imagine if somebody has, I'm going to do easy math because I'm not good at math, but if you have seven acres and every year you're growing on six and resting one, God says you will be more productive. That land that rests will kind of, I don't know, rejuvenate. And I don't know much about agriculture, but I'm, that is a reality in the Old Testament. We see that affirmed. And so uh, this job is a spiritual leadership position. I can't do this um, if I am not completely filled up, overflowing in my relationship with God so that I can flow out into others without tanking my own life. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. It's, yeah. You know, um, we, we talked a little bit this morning how like it was a rough morning for me to get out of my right. house. And like even sitting down here trying to focus on something that is has nothing to even do with like the spiritual well-being or lives of other people. I really had to take some time to, yeah. so I don't, you know, and, and I can only imagine when you're dealing with people and all of their lives, which is ups and downs and sure. goods and bads and the, just the mess that we, we often go through or even, even celebrating the good times. You want Absolutely. to be there fully to celebrate those times wholeheartedly. Right. Or it comes, you know, or it doesn't come across that you're not, not truly pastoring, right. you know, so. You do, so, you talk to people about, some, this is completely human, physical, and atheist could practice this, but I think it's a good example. Um, you have a particular downtime at night, right? Like, you don't watch TV as you're going to sleep. Like, you've got right. a decom you've got a, a moment where you decompress. Can you say something about that real quick? 
So basically, I take some time before I go to sleep, right? It doesn't, ha it doesn't have to be any specific hour. It's the amount of time before you go to sleep. Usually half an hour is good. 20 minutes is even good. Mm -hmm. And you pretty much shut off all light sources. And you just spend time in stillness. Uh, meditation, you could say. Prayer, you could say. Sure. Even if you're just softly listening to something that, that, that stimulates relaxation, sure. you know, on a physical level that does tremendous things for the body and for the mind. Okay. And you do that, that helps you sleep better, helps you become healthier yep. overall, right? Yeah. yeah. So what I took was a short sabbatical. When I say short, um, I've only taken two ever in 20 something years of ministry, uh, roughly 20 years as a lead pastor, taken two. One was a four month sabbatical after planting a church and replanting two churches. So just before we started Generation, about six months before, I took a four-month sabbatical. That was in 2015. And then 2022, I took a short one, two-month sabbatical. And it was my 30 minutes of shutting down the noise. Right. And, the, and the things that come in that are not bad things. We love light. You need light. You need sunlight, for that matter, you know, to live. But it was my intentional shutting off the noise to be healthy and to hear. And, and those were the two things that I focused on. So 60 days, um, my first 30 days, my focus was physical health. And I am not physically unhealthy, um, but I had gained some unnecessary weight, um, get busy. And, you know, most people know my wife is, is not super healthy. And so you get busy, you're tired, you're at the end of your day, she's not doing well. And honestly, McDonald's is easier than going home and cooking in, right. in that moment, right? And so you make bad decisions and, and you end up just less healthy than you should be. And I was at a place um, where I was spiritually healthy, where I was relationally healthy with my wife. We were great going into sabbatical. But I use the example of when you plug in your phone at night and then, you, you know, I charge my phone every night. I use it as an alarm in the morning. And it uh, goes off, and when you unplug it, you should be able to last the day. But I felt like my body, when I had been, quote-unquote, plugged in all night, like when I'd been resting, sleeping, doing my thing, I'd get up, and it was like unplugging my phone, and it automatically drops to a quarter of the battery. Right. I was just tired, right? Yep. And so the only wrong thing going in, uh, wasn't real wrong, but I mean, it was just, I was tired, right? And the frenetic pace of ministry in general does that ministry and COVID was bananas right and it just was additional and so the first 30 days I focused on rest and the way I did that was I worked on some things at my house I worked on the jeep I um, you know got more exercise ate healthier those kind of things but it was really do something physical um, and you know you're one of my closest friends like I talk to you all the time yep we didn't talk as much Right, Like right. I pulled out, like I just didn't. Uh, in fact, I turned off all my notifications on my phone. If you texted me and, hey, let's go, you know, do this or let's go get lunch or whatever. It might be five, six hours before I got back to you, which is pretty unheard of. I just shut everything off. And so I'd be working in the garage. Like I rearranged my garage probably twice, but, um, <laughs> you know, I worked on the Jeep. I, you know, I, I worked on some things I, I, around the house that just left undone, but it wasn't about doing those things. It was about getting physically tired so that at the end of the day when I went to bed, I would sleep better. And yep. it was just getting that physical health to, yeah, that was my first focus, first 30 days. And uh, 
slide all kinds of things like that. And uh, from we changed our eating habits going in uh, to eating healthier. Uh, and we, um, I got more exercise. I walked the dogs more. I did things that were just good for me. I worked on things. I got physically tired. And at the end of the day, I slept better. And the next day, or, you know, it took a little bit, but, you know, soon I began to wake up feeling more energized, feeling healthier. So that's how I spent the first 30 days. At the end of that, maybe 25 days in or whatever it was, I don't know exactly. Uh, but that's when Lisa and I spent our one week of vacation uh, that we took in the middle of that. And we had some very generous friends here from the church uh, who own a, a, an Airbnb down in Temecula. And they functionally gave it to us for like the cleaning fees. Oh, I mean, cool. they gave it to us dirt cheap. And um, beautiful house, amazing backyard down in Temecula. And the deal with Temecula is once you get down there, um, I'm not thinking about anything at home. I'm right. not looking at the laundry that needs to get done. I'm just there. And so Lisa and I took that one week and she had incredibly good days uh, while we were there. We spent that week together, which was great. Um, and then my focus shifted. And when I got back, I kind of took on my second half. So before I get there, anything? Yeah, so I, I just actually want to talk a little bit about the importance of a couple things. One, when we talk about rest, yeah, uh, understand that people, a lot of people just don't know, but sure. that is where your body heals yeah. when you're sleeping. So if you don't have good, healthy sleep, your body breaks down, right? Yeah. The other thing I want to uh, just kind of touch on is that we as Christians, you especially as a pastor, have an obligation to be physically healthy right. because the pace that you have to keep has to be God's pace. Right. And uh, that's what you're called for. That's why you're judged more harshly right, sure. than Absolutely. me, so to speak. A yeah. knucklehead. By right? others so. and by God. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, so you have to keep God's pace. So it's actually a lot of people maybe because of our culture here sure. in America, but a lot of people stop short of that physical yeah. fit. And obviously, I'm not talking pro athlete type stuff. Right. I'm talking about a guy who's just basically... Seriously, walking the dog was, yeah, yeah was good, physically right? fit and can can and hang through life a little bit. Yeah. So, and that extends out to all Christians mm -hmm. to an extent, right? We talk about you being a little bit called a little bit deeper, but everybody, all of us should... Yeah. understand that a level of fitness not 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 peak performance right. but a level of fitness is uh is responsible absolutely as christian people let me give you two things so god gives you a body and your job is to steward that body well right, right. and there's a bunch of reasons why um there are things like uh you know like drinking too much is a sin right and there's a lot of good reasons for that. Addiction, uh, bad decisions being made when you do so, all those kind of things, right? Yeah, there's, yeah. there's good reasons for that. But overeating is also a sin, not yeah. one we often talk about in America, right? But um, overeating is also a sin. And there's a lot of reasons for some of those same things like addiction and uh, you know, trying to find comfort in food, things like that, like yeah. that's actually sinful. But there's another reason too, like, and both, I think this applies both to drinking and eating, but you are called to steward the body that God gave you. Just like, and I think younger generations are way more in tune with this than maybe older generations are, but we're called to steward the world we live in, right? And that's, I mean, that's your world, Project Heal the Land, your nonprofit, your emphasis is seeing God in creation and teaching right. people about our responsibility here, and that's huge, right? Yep. 
So we have a responsibility to our bodies, but we have a responsibility to our have a responsibility to our spirit too. The creation narrative and the the giving of a seventh day to give to God is something that is highly ignored in the church today. And so we have an obligation to rest our bodies and steward our bodies while care for our bodies, be healthy. Um, and again, we're not expecting pro athlete. We're talking healthy, not yep. crazy, right? And right. Um, we also have an obligation to be spiritually healthy, and we're fairly spiritually malnourished in America. We're, we're, we have some issues, right? We are not great at prayer. We're not great at you know scriptural reading on our own a lot of times, things like that. But we're also, as an entire culture, terrible at taking one day a week and giving it to God. Right. And so Sabbath is a practice we should all be engaged in, not the... Don't think of the legalistic Jewish thing where you can only walk so far, you can't yeah. make food. Not, not that. It has to be Wednesday a, or whatever right, that day right. is. And, like, yeah. yeah. And so um, for us, like Sundays, we're going to start talking about giving a whole day to God. Like what does that look like for you and your family uh, to be g- together and around the family of God more? Yeah. Right? What does that look like? And so um, sabbatical is that protracted time of being intentional about those things, physical, mental, spiritual health cool so now we uh, we're, we're through the physical you actually shed 10 15 pounds looking I good did. right i did yeah you're feeling better you take a nice vacation with your wife now you're in the zone I and am. now you're entering the spiritual so to speak right. uh part of the sabbatical yeah and what happens there yeah i would say and i i i know you don't mean this but i want to qualify it anyhow um the whole time was spiritual. Oh, and, sure. And I know you know I know you know that and mean that. The focus time of rest, now the focus time of right. I got that. But what I started doing on the first on the first day of sabbatical, my first day, is I spent some time in prayer and I asked God what what would God have me read in scripture that would be different. I also took some uh, some reading home with me. Uh, I chose a a theologian, a pastor and theologian that lived about 150 years ago, uh, Herman Bavink. I took home a four or 500 page uh, biography of him uh, and some other stuff. Anyhow, so uh, on day one, I'm praying about God, what would you have me lean into in scripture? And um, I really felt led towards Ezekiel, which is not a book I've done a lot of study in, but has one of my favorite passages. And uh, if you're around on Sundays here, you'll hear me talk about God's uh, when he says in Ezekiel 36, I'll take from you a heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. He's saying, I'll take your hard heart out and I'll give you a heart that can beat for me and I'll cleanse you and cause you to walk in my statutes, be careful to obey my commands. It's a beautiful promise and there's some really cool things in there. I'm like, but I haven't really, I've never taught it and I, I haven't studied it a lot, read through it you know, more than once. But uh, So I said, okay, I think this is it. And so I started slowly reading through Ezekiel and journaling through the chapters. So I, when I looked at it too, it was like 50 chapters long. I'm like, this is good. Like this will be yeah. a good length for the sabbatical. And so I started on day one with that, more prayer and reading. And then as I got to my back end, um, and I think maybe this is even where um, nobody's really confronted me with a, hey, you just took a bunch of time off. Like nobody said that to me. They might be thinking <laughs> it, but they've never said it to me. But then I, I probably didn't post on social media the first 30 days. But on the second 30 days, I did because I jumped in the Jeep and I headed off to Big Bear. I don't know how many times I'd throw a dog in the Jeep and just me and the dog would head out. 
and I'd bring real simple, like, you know, drink uh, water and, and lunch and stuff. You know, somebody eat something to drink, the dog. And we would go catch a trail. I'd park. I brought a chair and a table, a Bible, a journal. And I would just, on my drive up to Big Bear, I would shut off the radio and I'd start praying. We'd get to Big Bear and I'd go find a place to park and then sit, you know, walk the dog around, kind of stretch our legs. Then I'd sit down, pray, read, journal. When that kind of, when I'd been in that spot long enough, we'd pack back up, simple, simple, get your chair table to go, right? And go, you know, tr- drive a little bit more, pray a little bit more, and then park somewhere and, um, and do it again. And so I took a lot of pictures while I was out there and started posting pictures, right? And so those were times where I was out alone. Um, for me, I enjoy being out in creation and feeling I'm not any closer to God but I feel like all the distraction is away so if I only have a short time I'll go down to the beach you saw some pictures down at the beach right Lily my my white dog and I doubt the beach her playing in the water but what happened before and after that was us walking along the along the ocean praying right or sitting on the sand or me and Ruby my brown little girl up there in the mountains sitting around journaling praying reading and so that's how I spent the back half one of those days you and I got out and uh, we did some trails together once, yep. legitimately once, yep. right? Yep. And uh, not, I didn't camp a single day. I had plans to. I just, it didn't work out. And so the back end was, okay, God, as I start focusing on coming back to generations and returning to uh, daily life and ministry, what are you telling me? And so that was the focus of the back half. Very good. So that part is super important because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people don't understand that the head pastor role is more of a visionary role Mm -hmm. than it is the physical application of behaviors throughout the day. Preaching on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So it has to be something that, and honestly, if it's not something that you're connected to God with, this will very much just look like a company. Or right. like, or it yeah. will just fail, right? Yeah, it has to be. There is that component that nobody can explain. That is, if in longevity is a spiritual thing that happens with the head pastor who's called to be a head pastor, which right. means he's called by God to step into that visionary role yeah. and have that oversight over a lot of responsibility. So that connecting is what um, I want people, at least through sabbaticals, to understand yeah. that that connection, it's very much like um, spending time, well, I mean, we. this is a very dumbed down version, but it gets the point across, very much like spending time with your dad as a kid, uh-huh. right? And your dad is showing you how to be a man, Sure. right? Now, maybe a lot of people won't relate with that, but at least they'll relate with the image of it. Right. Neither one, neither one of us have like great (laughs) stories from that. But yes, you're right. It's true. Right. Right. Theoretically. Right. Right. So, but that, that connection can't be, you can't put it in a classroom and be educated by it. You can't get it from your mom. You can't get it from your friends or any, it has to be you and God and it has to be you and God isolated. And it has to be, uh, something that, that is, it comes because of a, a, a depth of relationship that you have, right? Yeah. So God isn't going to throw all of this on you if you're still screwing around, worried about whatever, right. you know what I mean? Or even more than that, like maybe I'm not out doing wrong things. Uh, maybe, you know, by by actions or things, maybe things are on track. But 
I don't think God gives that uh, to you, to me, to anyone. The average Christian, the the elder in a church, or the youth leader, or the senior pastor, doesn't matter. I don't think God speaks those those special, unique, powerful vision kind of things if we're not creating intentional space for yeah. that. And right, and so you know, when my prayer life. Uh, when I'm busy and my prayer life is me talking more than me listening, <laughs> I'm probably can tell you I've got a good prayer life, but then I'm I, like, what, what have I heard from God lately? And so it was a lot of listening. And I'm not, everybody who knows me knows this, like I'm not one for stillness. Like I'm, I'm on the go, right? right? But um, if I don't make that intentional time, and that's why going away into the mountains where I lose um, cell service, or, yep. you know, and uh, not with Lisa, because it's too easy to talk about things or good things, bad things, or, oh, we got to do laundry. Oh, we got to go shop. Like all those yep. things that crowd you out. Like uh, Ruby didn't once talk to me in the middle of me <laughs> hiking with her. So if you guys don't How? know her, Ruby is my little puppy. So How yeah. awesome would have been. Right? If, now if she had spoken, it would have been a story. The voice of God came through Ruby. Yeah, well... He should probably choose a nicer dog. But yes, anyhow, so uh, more moose. Anyhow, so uh, anyhow, I I needed to create intentional space. And um, real, real honest, if I could be real transparent, I did a lot of prayer. I prayed for a lot of people. Like I'd text you like, hey, I'm going up there. How can I pray for you today? Or text staff, yep. the elders, or something like that. I mean, hey, how can I pray for you guys? And I would do that. Um, I got to a place near the end uh, in fact, my last trip up in Big Bear, I, I was asking some questions. I really wasn't getting answers to those questions. And so um, just before I came back, I went down to uh, to Sunset Beach. And um, I'm like, okay, God, like I'm ready to go back to work. Like it's, I don't know, man, it's like Thursday or Friday before I come back on, you know, Monday in the office. Sunday I was going to be at church, but Monday in the office okay, what do I do first? And I just remember it was very action-oriented. My, my questions were like, okay, I feel like you've told, I've, I've learned, seen, heard, been told a lot of things. Can't do them all day one. Right. How do I come back and not just, you know, kind of vomit ideas all over people? Like just come back in a good way, like energized, excited, like, ah, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, you know, just kind of unload on people. And I'm like, okay, so, so I want to clear order like okay what what would you have me do first and i really wasn't getting an answer to that and i was bothered by that because i was getting close to being back in the office so my last day down at the beach i had i knew it was my last day of really being able to spend some kind of quiet alone time and and uh and i remember god just really clearly just saying listen all right when you get back in just listen and so you were here my first day back in the office a couple mondays ago two, three Mondays ago, whatever it was. Um, I sat with every staff. I'd, I asked you guys all, uh, elders, staff, leaders, hey, email me uh, kind of what you've seen over the summer. You know, what, some, what are some strengths? What are some weaknesses? And, any thoughts you have? Just give me something. And, and, and I asked for emails so I could just, and, you know, individual emails. And let me just look, read through it. And I did that on Sunday. Come in on Monday and I met with people and just asked questions. And I did really well. I had a very long day that first day. I was in probably around 8. I was here till about 9, 9.30 that night. So I was in for quite a while. 
And I did really well all the way up until meeting with the elders. And then I, like, I could, just couldn't stop myself. Like, I had lots of ideas, <laughs> right? But I'm like, I kept telling them, like, I really want to listen more than talk. Sorry, you know, and, and um, but I wanted to hear. And really what happened was God gave me some action steps through all of you. Uh, just my first step was listen, just start listening, right? We've done everything from make some staff decisions to some vision systems, some action steps, some things, right? And they all were really birthed out of that first Monday of just listening and taking notes and just hearing what are others hearing too. Right. That's good. So not only do you come out of your sabbatical during coming out strong and connected and all that other stuff, but now we're also uh, entering like what most churches consider, I won't say the beginning of your year, but this fall, kind of a kickoff, a re-kickoff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you see as our vision as a church for the next, you could say through the end of the year, you could say yeah. as long as you I'll give like. you both. There you yeah, go. I'll give you through the end of the year and what I believe the next uh, two, three years we'll see. Um, you already hear this on Sundays a little bit. I'll give you two things we're focusing on. Uh, first, our elders are uh, our elders are really good, man. I, I love these guys. Um, they stepped up over the summer and helped lead services, introduce people, pray for people, uh, incoming speakers. Some of them spoke, um, do all those things. They handled things while it was gone. There were things that happened. Literally, uh, one of my elders lost uh, a loved one and a family member, and uh, our staff put on a memorial service for him, and one of the other elders did the service. I didn't even know about it until I got a prayer request. I thought it was new. It was all already taken care of. So shout out, man. Elders handled it. Staff handled it. You guys were all great. So um, our elder culture, we had found ourselves kind of slipping into a business, almost like a, a board of directors mode. We'd get together. It was yep. budgets. It was this. It was that. Um, honestly, not super life-giving for any of us. No, none of us signed up to be an elder over a church to look at budgets. We knew that was a part of it, but right, we didn't. Right. That doesn't get me out of bed in the morning for yeah. sure, right? <laughs> um, and so what we did was we had a, a rhythm of meeting monthly, and we went to twice a month, and we just decided our current monthly meeting that we had was going to stay. We were going to tweak it um, to include. Um, more prayer, include the deacons in the first part of it, some staff updates, some things like that. And then in our business stuff, we would also, we'd study some things together, pray together. But we were going to add an entire other meeting, which we did, and we've already done one, uh, two weeks later each month where we get together and just spend the night praying together, praying for each other, uh, praying for people in the church. So a bunch of people got emails and text messages. How can we pray for you? Um, We couldn't cover everybody. So if you didn't get one, you're probably on the list you know, to get one sometime right. soon. But uh, we just started with a block of people. Like, how can we be praying for you? And um, in that, I can already tell you, our first time was, uh, was this is Wednesday. So we, when we're recording this is Wednesday. It was last Monday night. It was two nights ago. And um, people said, thank you guys so much. Like, we just loved it to know you're praying for us. And then our elders, we spent a good amount of time talking, praying for one another, just hearing some struggles, yeah, highs good. and lows. That's different, and that, that's shaping who we are. And so we can't call people to go down to the beach and pray with us if we're not leading yep. in prayer, right? Yep. So that's one. Our elders are 
are doubling down on how do we best love, care for, lead the church, shepherd the church, right? And so, uh, yeah, we're taking steps in that direction. And I, one of those is just more prayer for people, more prayer for each other. Spending, We spent two and a half hours here, just really most of it in prayer. And so the second thing, uh, you're hearing this on Sundays, that I don't have good words for a good language around it yet, but body life, like the church is a body. How do we live that out? On Sunday, uh, we had a couple, one another's in the Colossians passage I was teaching. And then at the end, I read about 25 of the 50 directive one another's that Jesus or Paul or whoever's writing at that particular time is calling the church to be love one another as I have loved you, Jesus says. All, the, you know, all people will know that you're my disciples by your love for one another. That's powerful. Bear one another's burdens, forgive one another, uh, you know, encourage one another, gather with one another in particular ways and, and stir one another up and on towards good deeds and, and good action. And so all these one another's, I think when the church hears them, when the average Christian hears love one another, what they hear is um, be a loving person, forgive one another, be a forgiving person. So when, you know, random person A down the street cuts you off in traffic, right. be forgiving or be right. loving, you know, more than just don't flip them off or do something crazy, <laughs> be loving, be kind, be forgiving. That's not what it's saying. It's saying you, the local church community, need to live these lives together where you're close enough to where people are going to offend you. Right. And that means when they do, you got to talk to them. Hey, bring your concerns to one another. Forgive one another, bear with one another, grow with one another. Sometimes comfort, sometimes rebuke, whatever, right? But these relationships in the church, that's that body life, right? That my hand has a relationship with my other hand and my foot and my, the rest of my body. And together we work together like the opposable thumb. I mean, without it, right? Yep. And so we're right now, we're without parts because we're not belonging to one another. And I think that's going to be not only what you'll hear more about this year, but I think that's what we will be living out for the next one, two, three years is what does it really look like to be members of our local body, the church, really members of one another? And I think that's a, a powerful thing that on the other side of it, we will see how we have changed, transformed, how it's impacted us. Yep. And some people will be super uncomfortable. Some will be attracted to it. Some, this will be very foreign to them. Who Most knows? will be attracted to it because we are created to be this way. Yeah. So what happens is um, we create the distractions that separate us from that. Right. But True. inside deep, we're all called to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. That's, that's how we were created. So people will gravitate to yeah. that 100%. And the ones that gravitate away is simply because they are still choosing to make another sure. distraction, right? Yeah, when God creates, so I'll go back again to creation. I, I, some of the most profound things we learn about the world as God made it to be, you know, before sin enters in, uh, some of those profound things come out of that. And one of them is God creates the world, you know, he creates light, and separates, you know, uh, day from night. And he says, this is good. You know, he creates the sun and stars and things to kind of just to put and separate day from night. It's good, right? Plants, uh, trees, oceans, land, it's good. 
animals, fish, birds, it's good. Humans, it's very good. Like we're the yep. crown jewel of creation. But then there's this first not good. <laughs> and God says this, it's not good that man is alone. Yeah, I'll yeah. make a helper for him, right? So I'll make a companion. And that's how the not good came with man. You know, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, yeah. My dog didn't screw it up. I would have, <laughs> exactly. right? So yeah, it, it's me. But um, the first not good is humanity flying solo. Even yep. in perfect relationship with God, humanity alone is not how we're built, not how we're made. Not with all the world and right. right relationship with God. We're meant to do it together. 100%. Jesus commissioned a church, a local body. Can't be the church with everybody on the planet. I, I can't know them. No. The, I mean, there's degrees, right? So there's a there's, degree there's of connection. About it, yeah. And, and, and yeah. there's a degree of working together. And Absolutely. There's, there's all of that stuff. But really, as you hone in on basically your community, yeah. your, your, your little niche, your yeah. little family, your little piece of the pie that, right. that you can really focus on fine tuning. So then you can join the rest in a connected yeah. way to share the word of God. Yes. Yeah, even as I was hearing you say that, um, here would be an example. My neighborhood is not California, right? Right. I have a neighborhood. It's a small neighborhood where I'm surrounded by neighbors whom I'm I know many of them. I'm getting to know others. You live in a neighborhood. You've been there for a long time. You know a lot of your neighbors. Yep. So neighborhood is what we're called to, even though we're Californians, we're Americans, we're humans in the world. Right. We can have those levels of relationship. You can vote in a national election or, you know, you can do whatever. Um, you can participate in, you know, making the world a better place to live in. But really, my relationships come more locally, more geographically small. Right. And that's that's what the church is. It's bringing that big, true reality. Yeah, we're a part of the kingdom and, and Christ global church, past, present and future. But I have to make that geographically small in order to really live it out. And so building those relationships locally in your local body, the church through commitment time and and just living it out. And so yeah. we're going to lean into the one another's. And there is a wealth of those things. And I. I'll leave it alone after this, but the one of the ways I think this is an important thing to, to help people understand how can they live it out, right? So the best way that you can live out being a, a great neighbor, the best way you can live out being a great friend, the best way you can live, live out being a best spouse is to make sure you wake up every day committed to being as godly as an individual as you can be. Yeah. And that's where the whole love God, love each other thing came in, right? If you just take care of that, yeah. watch how the the infestation of the holy spirit and god in our lives will start pouring out right absolutely yeah the more i love god the better friend i can be to you right right if you're going through a hard time you and casey have a hardship an ungodly friend will be like ditcher dude go out you can get you can get somebody better blah 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 blah, blah telling her something like that yeah. well a godly friend will say dude that's your wife like when she threw away my razor this i morning. wasn't going to bring that up bro. i know it's a touchy <laughs> subject right so uh but no a, a good friend a godly friend is going to lean into your marriage. Right. Right. I remember right. you guys both doing on these stories of faith series after your accident, some people just couldn't get on board, man. And a lot of friends just kind of vanished over yep. time. Right. That's hard. And then, and I'm not judging them. I'm saying you guys went through something really hard together, but that's hard. Right. right. And so godly friends will lean in. Right. And they will encourage marriage not going to just listen to Rob say, oh, Casey did this. <laughs> listen to Casey say, oh, Rob yep. did this. Like, we're going to go, okay, what did you, how did you handle it? What did right. you do? Where are you, where can you grow in this? And that needs to be the church. Totally. And, totally. Uh, yeah. So 
before I left on sabbatical, I'll give you a before and after. I went away knowing we needed to do better in some of these areas. But honestly, in my, in my low battery, I, I didn't see a clear path. And, I, and, and maybe when I would say it, I might even feel frustrated, right? And might see the problem and not even be living out the solution in my own life. But right. clear as a bell, we can see some things that are, that are not <laughs> yeah. right. You know, we see them. It's easy to point out some things that are wrong. Coming back from sabbatical, I have clear one calling on my life. How do I need to act differently, right? How do our elders, especially as leaders, how do we need to be different, right? How do we need to lead in, in these areas? And how can we approach these conversations? And again, what you'll hear, all these one another's. And uh, in fact, I will just take this opportunity to say the next podcast series is going to be that. Oh, cool. We're going to lean into, I hadn't told you that yet. And so surprised, by the way, yeah. and uh, we're live on mic. So um, one another's, we're going to look at them and, and talk about what this looks like. And we'll hear them in church. And so now I've got a scriptural approach, like I've got the energy to put into it. I've got the places where I have to change first. And how do I live this out? How do I do it? Our leaders are embracing it. And um, yeah, so before sabbatical, I might have said we don't do well in this area. We got to change here. No clear plan. Come back, rested, ready to take it on, have a clear path, including, and this is important, where do I have to change? Because that's what we all have yep. to do. We all have to look yep. at ourselves first before we go pointing at everybody else. Yep. And that is what sabbatical is for. Yep. That is um, what happened. So we chalk this one up to a big win and a big success for the church. So. Yeah. And uh, we also want to wrap up the series, Stories of Faith, with this episode. And be before we close it out, I want to point that we went through this series, not, not just so you can get to know each other and each other's stories, but that you can be inspired to develop out your own story so you can share how God has made that impact with you to other people. And that was the ultimate goal of the whole thing, right? So, yeah. Jeff, thank you for today. Thank you thank for you. the sabbatical. Yeah. And, uh, and I think there's a lot of growth with uh, honestly there's a lot of growth through the fire without you where it's sometimes easier for you to just come in and take care of whatever yeah. look figure it out guys right that kind of thing <laughs> so yeah. that was good and obviously it's great to have you back thank you. refreshed and focused with a clear path well thank you man and i'm all going to wrap up the series by saying if you hear this and and you know somebody else would like to listen to it share it with somebody like this subscribe and be listening uh soon we're coming out with our one another series might have a new name might have something but you'll be hearing about how we can live with one another in the church in better ways 